Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Folks, it's Friday. You know what's coming. It's Chris. It's Steve. It's Macon. We're talking college football week three. We preview some games. We throw out some bets, and we add a couple names to the Coughlin and Timmy Chang award watch lists. We'll run through our betting locks for NFL week two, and something a little fun for y'all. The best NFL matchups we're looking forward to this weekend. We're talking two guys lining up across from each other. They're going to battle the whole game. You'll hear what matchups Chris, Macon, and Steve are all zeroing in on on Sunday. This is where you'll hear some tidbits and insights you can relay to your friends. Chris and Macon also do a little red light, green light, run through a couple film reviews, run through a couple film reviews from week one in Macon's wonderful ode to Roger Federer. And Chris submitted a little recap video from Chargers Chiefs. You'll hear that. Chris wanted to give you a little recap of the game, what he was feeling. So he recorded it from his fridge, like any good content creator does. It's Fridge Talk's first appearance on the Greenlight Podcast. We've seen it on Chris's Twitter feed. Now it's the audio version. Happy Friday. Structured settlement, and I need cash now. Call JG Wentworth. Not an ad. These people sent me a hat. Uh, the JG Wentworth uh, racing team. It's autographed by you know the guys on the JG Wentworth racing team. Um, because my kids love the jingle. The good people at JG Wentworth uh, found that out and sent me some gear. They sent like some fucking like JG Wentworth sunscreen. Can't get that in a store. Uh, but I'm wearing the hat because I'm on fire, Mike, and you know what that means. You're about to be not on fire. Yeah, probably. And it probably starts with Thursday Night Time Machine. You want to go first? I do. L.A. Chargers, 30. Kansas City Chiefs, 27. God damn it. We're going to tie, dude. Are you serious? 27-24 Chargers. So well, what should the tie break be? This has never happened before. Yeah, what should the tie break be? I guess be? it's total. Yeah, it is total. Yeah. So I'm, I got to root for the under tonight. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Wow. We both picked Chargers by three. We were both wrong last week. We might go a whole season and without honestly, being right. honestly, I was going to pick the Chiefs, but I was so worried that, that, you know, like that you would pick the Chargers. 
And I just did, like, I'm okay with this. If we, I guess that's what the kids call living rent free, dog. Yeah, you're late. Just well, I've been in the Waffle House for quite a while yep. now. Yep. Uh, and by the way, we have to figure out when I'm going to go and you. Um, now, Butker's out. That was going to be my rebuttal, was going to be like, if you pick the cheese, you're like, well, Keenan Allen's out and the whole thing with Butker's out. Good luck kicking a football tonight. No disrespect. I'm fine with Keenan Allen being right. out. Other guys can step up. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. DeAndre Carter. They're going to be fine. DeAndre Carter. Going to be fine. Eckler's healthy. So my total is uh, 51 and yours is, I didn't catch the score. Th- was it th- 57. 57. Oh. I think the number is what? I feel okay about that. The number's four. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs are favored four. by four, and the over-under is actually 54 right between your guys' pick. So actually, I, I actually love where I'm sitting right now because I feel like this could be a little bit of a of a slugfest. Yeah, I defensively. mean, defensively, had I known we were picking totals, might have yeah. gone a little differently. But I think the Chiefs Could've are going to be the president. I think the line's going to be sitting pretty for a long time. Then yep. the Chargers, Justin Herbert yep. leads a, a game-winning yep. drive to win the ball game by a field goal. Totally unplanned fridge talk. Came downstairs looking for some, forgot what it, what I was looking for, and I, there was the fridge. <laughs> Look at us. So here we are. Chargers money line betters. Tough night. Tough night. Really tough night. I was ready to, I was ready to like, I was digging up old tweets, like where I was arguing with people about, you know, the, the Chargers playing the Chiefs tough. And like they were Chiefs fans and they were like, yeah, 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 the Chargers don't play us tough. They never beat us. And I was like, I was like months back. That's <laughs> April. But, um, fuck, dude. Gerald Everett, get hydrated, my man. Take it from me, hydrated king. I heard Dan Orlovsky break that thing down. I don't know what to make of that. I'll just say it. No idea. I'm not a receiver. I'm not a quarterback. Um, Looked like the ball was off. I just want to say this about Justin Herbert. My God, dude. When you have that much physical ability and you, you, you also go out and gut through something like that, it just... It shows you the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he is just, he's tough. He's got it. Um, he's quiet, but he's got it. And uh, that's going to go a long way in that locker room. But the Chargers are the fucking Chargers. I mean, my hand was on the C. My pen was like on the C when it was time to, to put them, you know, or an AFC team in the Super Bowl preseason. And, uh, Thank God I took the pen off the Chargers and put it on the Bills. I'm not giving up on the Chargers, but I ain't betting on the Chargers anymore. I'll tell you that much. Fucking nine and one, my last ten, and Brandon Staley's crew. Fuck, man, and that oh the 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 you know the streaming. I was 30 seconds behind the Green Light Pod account, and I'm looking at my phone and Ralph. Shout out to Ralph. This motherfucker tweets something about the pick six, and I hadn't seen it yet. And I'm staring at the phone, just like the guy in the meme. Check the tweet out. It was disgusting. You had to, you know, it had to end. I was like Cal Ripken out here on the WinBet app. I was like fucking Cal Ripken. Those were the days I was just winning. The weekend is upon us. It's almost Friday. Monday night, fridge talk.
Football season brings back many traditions we know and love. Touchdown dances, pick sixes, strip sacks, game-winning sacks, tackles, hitting the quarterback, and watching it all with friends in a cooler Miller Lite. The action on the field is reliable year after year. Pair it with the most reliable light beer, Miller Lite. My perfect Miller Lite situation, there's crisp, the leaves are turning, I got a cooler full of Miller Lights. It's just warm enough to sit outside, maybe an outdoor TV. And I got about 12 to 16 of those bad boys in my cooler. <laughs> and I have three friends over because I'm drinking responsibly. Miller Lite is the perfect beer for football Sundays because of the dependable taste. Your friends love it. It's got low calories and carbs. And it's just a sleek, beautiful can. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been a mainstay in the stadium, at the tailgate, and in your fridge. No matter how your team plays, Miller Lite always provides a winning experience. With only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounce serving, your only concern is the next third down conversion. And Miller Lite tastes like beer. Because if you're a beer lover, you don't want watered down flavor. You want the original light beer. Football season brings back the big hits, so reach for the biggest of them all, Miller Lite. You can find Miller Lite pretty much everywhere beer sold. Or go to MillerLite.com slash GreenLight for delivery options near you. It's Miller Time, official beer partner of the GreenLight Podcast. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Okay, layup line. I'm going I Can Get Off On You by Willie and Take back the weed. Take back the cocaine, baby. Take back the pill. Take back the Yeah, dude, because uh, I don't need everything that Willie and Waylon are talking about in the song anymore. Like, the drugs are way down. It's football season. That's the drug of choice now, gambling. I get all my dopamine from seeing the board. I don't need, uh, you know, I don't need, I don't need to hop myself up on drugs and alcohol. Like, I'm living clean and I'm seeing the board. So that's my layup line today. This is an ode to gambling. You can get off on gambling. I can get off on that. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's not sexual. Uh, so lay up line, Waylon and Willie. Willie and Waylon, whichever order you prefer. It's a great song. It's a great jingle. Uh, hey, Make. Oh. Your new segment. Red Light, Green Light. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a good segment. It's got legs. Uh, red Light, fathering children. Yeah. Uh, maybe a yellow light. Because maybe you're cut out for it. I'm. I'm not. My uh, my lovely wife um, took a video of taking our daughter to uh, essentially daycare for the first time today, and I wanted to vomit out of like <laughs> love and terror. And uh, childhood's hard, you know. Kids are tough. Oh, you think she's gonna get like bullied? Well, you know, obviously she's not um, because she's a sweet little Would angel. Would you call Brad? If she got bullied? No, see, that's the thing. I would like, I would fight, I would fight another little two-year-old, you know? <laughs> yeah, you would beat up a kid. And likely win. I honestly have ended up in situations that I'm in no way implying what you just did, but like, where I'm like, that Look at kid's this. out of line. Like, Look. you start when you're a dad, and like, you'll start anticipating that a kid starts being mean to your kid from like 30 yards out at a practice, and you're like, I gotta find that kid's dad. Bro, look at that kid. I mean, she's wearing adorable. overalls. She's, she's got adorable. a backpack on. She's cute kid. I mean, cute kid. You want to tell uh, everybody her name? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, 
I, I I love that kid, man. So maybe green light on that kid. Hey, I'll give you a red light. Guys doing leg lengthening <laughs> surgeries. Did you see that shit? Yeah, you read that GQ article. I didn't read the article. I'm being typical guy online, and I just read the headline. Is it true? Yeah, guys are lengthening their legs. Yeah, dudes are spending like seventy-five grand to get three to six inches taller by breaking their femur, having a titanium screw driven in that they then extend by a millimeter per day, and then your bones heal around that. All right, there's got to be, you can't be coordinated when you get out of that thing. You're just walking around like a guy on stilts. Major deja vu. Did we or did we not talk about this last year? Maybe we talked about it last year, but there was an article this morning. We did, but there was more, like at that time it wasn't known exactly what was happening. It was kind of mysterious, and now there was an investigative report by GQ that kind of went into it. So red light that, dude. If you could be any height in the world... And not as a football player, just as a human being. What what is the ideal height you're choosing? Maybe six five. Six five. That's a good answer. Six five is the best height you, you can think? be. Yeah, you get to be six six. You get you know, it's like it's a little too much. I agree with you. Yeah. What about like six six four? That'd be nice. I could use another five eighths of an inch. Six three also good. And I'm not just saying that because this is this is in our you know general uh no six five is perfect for me but these guys like we're getting to the point in society where you can have pretty much whatever you want right you can get a fake ass i think some people can you lengthen your penis yeah extends no no no, not with extends i'm talking about can they oh i don't know a thing about extends you seem to be well versed on the topic (laughs) tell us what extends right now dude no problem you can get a swedish made penis enlarger extends is just boners extends is pills but i don't think it works yeah. You don't think? He's just going to accuse everybody in here. Of, well, I mean, of, all uh, y'all seem to know so much about the subject. <laughs> I think most people know what extends is. I uh, think but I would, thought it was lengthening. And then now y'all are ta- telling me it's about it's or, about strengthening. No offense. Maybe you're being an idiot because I, if you just listen to the ad beyond like the name of the product, like uh-huh. I think it's just about boners. Yeah. We're on boners already. Red light boners. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you a green light. I'll, I'll, I can get off on you. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. What? All right, I'll give you a green light. Um, green grapes. Before yes. the show, I showed you a picture of... Green grapes. Right? Tennessee football posted a, a, a video of their players arguing they're a year late about uh, the color of lemon-lime Gatorade. Oh, right, yeah. The thumbnail that you put over a video was a green grape next to a green Gatorade. They're the same color. So you answered the question so it correctly. Was it was a trap. Yeah. It was a trap. I sniffed out the trap. Oh yeah, sure. From Jump Street. Well, I said right after, I think you're probably trying to trap Can you pull me that up? Lemon lime Gatorade is yellow. And, it's green. It was green last year. It's green grapes green. Are, are green. Tennessee football, thank you for coming to the rescue. I, had, I didn't even think about that. They're the same fucking color. Green grape. That was all the evidence I needed. Um, and then I'll give you another green light. The pumpkin guy. We got in contact with the pumpkin guy. Big news here. Green light. Um, yeah, His name's Luke. Yeah, Luke, the pumpkin guy from Scotland Farm here in Virginia. If I ever meet a Luke, I say Luke. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the pumpkin guy in Missouri. Oh, okay. You never reached out to that guy? No, I thought you meant the grower guy. We already know we're getting the 1,200-pound pumpkin. We wanted to have the pumpkin guy that floated the river to give us tips on floating the river. I should have said that twice. Yep. <laughs> That's my new thing with Matt. Last week, I was like, do I, do I not communicate well? And Matt was like, well, sometimes you say things once and expect people to 
to follow through. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So we have a listening problem. All right. So the pumpkin guy in Missouri, I want to have him on the show, the guy who floated the Missouri River and set the record 38 miles down the Missouri River in a, how heavy was that pumpkin? That one was like about 650 pounds. So we found a pumpkin guy in Virginia that, that's going to give us a 1,200 pounder, which I don't know if that's going to float. And that's one of the reasons I want to call our buddy in Missouri. So next week, we got to find the guy who floated the river. Next week, we got to find the guy who floated the river. I understand now. <laughs> okay, good. Right. Hey, Greenlight, occasionally renaming things. I know it's a sensitive subject. What, like what? Well, in Oregon's Umpqua National Forest. Yeah. Swastika Mountain is in the process of being renamed after bearing the moniker for over a century. Well, well, now the symbol is ancient. Yeah, it's ancient. Now, maybe middle of the last century, you think Swastika Mountain. You, they're a little late on it. A little late. Now, where is it again? It's in Oregon. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of those guys up there. And um, board members are going to vote on the name change. Mount Halo, which is badass. Yeah. Uh, in December, so we're going to wait till until December to vote on this name change. Do you think it was just an oversight? Nobody looked at a map for a hundred years after a sixty-day comment period and yeah. gathering input yeah. from tribal authorities in the state. From there, the crest, the request will be submitted to the U.S. Board on Geographic Names for final approval. I'm behind this green light. No swastika mountain. Green light, Mount Halo. Red light, Roger Federer. Sorry about that, bro. And sorry you had to learn it in the group text this morning. I was actually going to like take a big moment of silence because I figured you probably hadn't heard and like probably beat you to the punch and get you real mad because he's your favorite tennis player. Favorite he's a tennis player. Guy. Favorite athlete of all time. Yeah. No, no, none intended. Really classy of him. And w well, I thought this was really classy of uh, Nadal. Dear Roger, my friend and rival, I wish this day would never come. It's a sad day for me personally uh, and for sports around the world. It's uh, been a pleasure, but also an honor and privilege to share these years with you. With Nadal, I think this is really, this is like really classy of Federer. He's always a classy guy, right? Yes. To concede even further the French Open, because Nadal's 6-0 and against him in the French Open. So like this is really nice to just get out of the way. So you're going to be a dickhead. That's no, the I'm not being a dickhead. I'm not being a dickhead. I mean, that's, that's Rafa's favorite surface. I mean, Rafa's 20, it's 24 and 16 overall against Fed. That's the better argument. What is the surface at the French Open? Clay. Clay. Oh, so Federer sucks on clay? Sucked it's, on clay. It's, <laughs> uh, his least favorite surface, yeah, yeah, I think you might say. What's his favorite surface? Uh, probably the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you done? Well, okay. Nadal's closest competition is gone, and I think that's the lead. I don't care about the statistics, despite the ones I'm about to read off. Uh, for me, for Roger, it's um, his grace, his humility, his beautiful game, his complete game, his cerebral game. You know, he wasn't a, a big dominant server. He wasn't a, a, a grinding counter puncher mm -hmm. like Rafa. He, he did it all, mm -hmm. and he did it all exceptionally well. Uh, tennis will not be the same without him. Um, my man, I, I didn't write down his name. Dan Devine, I think. Is that his name? Dan Devine had a good tweet. Congrats to Roger Federer on his retirement. He taught me it was okay to not be weird and to instead be impossibly graceful and impeccably classy 
as I am, which is um, a, a halfway and somewhat. Um, that guy said that? Yeah. He made it about him? No, it's like a funny tweet. Oh, okay. But also it. really smart. Okay. Because, and, and, and a lot of people in this room will remember, uh, I brought black socks and black shoes to the tennis courts at our uh, local preparatory high school. Yeah. Um, you know, just white people as far as the eye can see yeah. on tennis courts. Yeah. And we're wearing. Was that a no no? We're wearing calf length black socks, black shoes, like we're the Fat Five because we were badass. That's a no no in tennis, though, at the time when you rolled out the black socks in high school? Well, I'm trying to be, you know, sweet. Our coach hated it. This is a coach who made me shave my facial hair. I still can't grow facial hair, but he was like, uh, you're yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. to shave before yep. you come to practice. I like tomorrow. that, you. Well, here's the thing that is. Oh, wait, you like the weird one or the, the facial hair? Yeah, see, but that's not true to me. Okay. We graduated yeah. about when Roger was was starting his reign, and then I was like, "Oh, damn! I I wish I you know I'm the I'm the tennis whites guy. I'm the I would like to be the really um, classy, humble, right, right, right. Uh, you know, because I was a star. Yeah, I didn't I did barely lost so you're it all. Unironic Dan Devine right now, and making the whole Roger Federer retirement about you. 103 titles, including 20 Grand Slams. 310 weeks at number one now for comparison's sake they're 52 weeks in a year yeah this guy spends this guy spends 310 <laughs> weeks at number one uh and here here's i'll alley this okay. up for you zero match retirements and as you won't remember and now i'll remind you um, I think it was my last, my career, I believe ended as I, uh, collapsed onto a court suffering from heat stroke. I used to call you like shadow in high school because you couldn't get outside your dad's shadow yeah. and you would call me heat stroke because I, uh, collapsed on the tennis court nearly, good. Near, nearly That's died. Good. Roger didn't retire from one match ever. Yeah. And he would lose on occasion. I don't even know what that means. Uh, like when you get hurt. Yeah, I'm done. Well, Nadal usually just finished him before he could get tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, once Djokovic, uh, I'd, I'd rather you make the Roth argument yeah. who, who is re, uh, respectable than, than Novak, who is not. Uh, there will never be a, a, a classier gentleman uh, in sport than Roger Federer. Yeah, happy trails to Roger Federer. Yes, indeed. You think this, you think this is it because Serena Williams says she's coming back now? Uh, yes, I do think this okay. is it. He's too classy to do that. Yeah, Roger's not a, not a me 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 look at me i'm talking in the third person that might not be uh the last hot take from making this podcast stick around for his uh, nathaniel hackett take Nathaniel, it's just Nathaniel. whatever the fuck it is just put the ball in russell's hands potential red light what do you guys think nfl for oh a tilde over the end dude. For latino heritage month has Come the on. tilde on the end it's the nfl putting too much dip on the chip yeah you know trying to you know i say red light for sure, it reminds us of the scene from The Office where they just put the in the enye on the lemonade. There you go, yeah. there you go, and it reminds me of Jerry Judy appropriating Jewish culture, which you are pro on. I'm pro Jerry Judy. I'm pro Star of David. I'm pro Jerry Judy wearing the Star of David. Good thing Julian person. Edelman has spoken and accepted him into the uh, the tribe. So. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interview and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash bluewire. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash bluewire. Indeed.com slash bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. G-Men, you said you were watching the G-Men. I was watching the G-Men, but I was also, I, I what I did this week is I watched all the shitty teams. Whoa, none taken. <laughs> no, the ones that people perceive to be shitty. We don't know yet, we don't know who's Formerly who. shitty. Okay, the Giants, they kind of got away with one. Unbe- well, for sure. They definitely got away with one. You had the Daniel Jones pick in the end zone was terrible. After being gifted a muff punt. On the muff punt. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like the Phillips kid muffs the punt. Daniel Jones, just like, where are you throwing that ball? Daniel Jones was having an okay game. If he doesn't get killed on read options this year, I mean, he's going to get fucking killed on those read options. But you had the pick. You had the Saquon fumble, which, you know, like trickled out of bounds, thank goodness. Um, you also uh, had that last drive at the end of the game that made this this game so electric to go back and watch. I love watching this game. I learned a lot about these two teams, at least early in the season. And by the way, spoiler alert, I'm gonna give out the Panthers later. So okay. prepare yourself because I, you know the reason the Panthers um, last week looked so poor offensively was, well, Baker Mayfield's unpredictable, but also, especially in the first half, and Matt Rule's talking about, we were X amount of yards for play in the second half. Well, you had a huge shot to Robbie Anderson on busted coverage, basically. But in the first half, they were speeding the play clock up because of the rusher lined up at right end in Miles Garrett and Clowney at left end and the young tackle in Aquanu. Like, they couldn't get it going. I, I saw some good things from the Giants defense, but they don't have anybody that scares you right up front. I mean, they need those two Thomas? edge rushers to come oh, back. Oh, on, on the other side, yeah. yeah. Not having Thibodeau and Ojolari is, Ojolari a, is game a big changer. deal. Thibodeau, to yep. me, it's, it's an unknown. You know, uh, I'm not real bullish on Thibodeau, but uh, it's an unknown to me. Um, that last drive was fucking electric. I mean, five minutes left, you get the Barkley fumble on the, on the long run. You get the Tony play, which was maybe the biggest play of the game for them undercover because they needed points on that last drive, right, to, to even tie the game or go up. And it's second... Uh, it's first down in the red zone, in the high red, I believe it was, and Dable reaches in his bag of tricks, and he's going to do a wide receiver throwback type thing with Kadarius Tony, who does not get targeted enough. But uh, first down, they're trying some crazy shit with Kadarius Tony. It's supposed to be an eight-yard loss. That would have killed the drive. It should be second and 18 where he's supposed to get tackled. Instead, he turns it into a into a positive. That's a big play. And then you get the uh, the third down there, uh, with the read option comes up just short, so you go fourth and one, 
and the balls on Daniel Jones to just take off. I mean, that was a great moment for him. It really was. It was basically like a naked uh, yeah. and, and, and just beat, beat Tennessee to the sideline, and they yes. pick up the first down. Or uh, take off the right word. It's more like uh, gig. Like a Cessna. Uh, yeah. Like, like a Cessna getting off the ground. Just will yourself to the sideline in the Honestly, stick. though, he's, I mean, he's an athletic cat, and I don't hate Dable saying, like, fuck it. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Like, we're going to run quarterback read. We're going to run a little quarterback power early in the game. Like, um, if he tuck gets, it and run. If he gets hurt. If he gets hurt, it makes things simple. Yeah, yeah. TT. Um, But that last drive had a little bit of everything, and I just want to say this about that two-point conversion. 75 got away with one there. That play should have been coming back. Um, I think it was Autry. He held Autry. I mean, that that, the entire line. Andrew Thomas looked good. I want to Evan Neal looked good. Evan Neal looked looked better, dude. Evan Neal looked... Oh, you think he looked better than Thomas... Period. Not better than Thomas. I'm saying better than what I had. Listen, and we made, I was careful when I um, talked about um, Evan Neal being top heavy and looking like he needed some work in preseason, not to bury the kid. He could, he could fix it. And it looks like he's already fixed some of his bad habits. Now, having said that, I mean, every rusher is different from a style perspective. Um, but he looked pretty good. I mean, he, he got beat a couple times. He got beat inside once. He got beat on the edge once. But he improved. So it was a good day for Evan Neal and a great day for Andrew Thomas. I mean, that guy is that guy is exhibit A on why you, you're patient with draft picks. Yeah, Evan Neal certainly looked well, well ahead of where Andrew Thomas was his first year. Yep. Uh, the guards got, got abused. They got abused. Jeffrey Simmons Jeffrey is an Simmons. absolute dog. And Mark Sanchez said it. I love this quote. He was like... Uh, He's a grizzly bear, you know, uh, in a Tennessee Titans uniform because he's just so fucking like he, he's like a bull in a china shop and his feet are always running. You know, that strip sack was like part brute strength, part technique on the swipe. Um, go back and look at the Shepard touchdown. When I say he body slammed number 75 into Daniel Jones's feet, it was like a, a I know the, I know it was a touchdown, but it was an impressive feat. Um, this guy is is fun to watch. But that drive really showed me a lot about the resolve of that team. I think they got things to work on. Um, defensively, uh, I want to give a shout out to Jihad Ward. He set a lot of great edges in the run game. He's a guy who's been a journeyman. He's bounced around a little bit. He's been in Baltimore. Warrior. Um, he's a Philly kid. And uh, so I want to shout him out. He, was, he came to work. Uh, you know, 53 can rush a little bit. Your coverage is a whole another story. Dory Jackson had a tough day. Uh, number forty-eight, Tay Crowder, might want to keep him off the field in passing situations. He's got, I mean, like Georgia Bulldog. Hilliard did, Hilliard did work in the pass game, dude. They were dropping Hilliard left and right. They dropped him in quarters for a touchdown. I think that was forty-eight. Um, they dropped him, you know, for his last touchdown. He had multiple touchdowns in the pass game. The coverage was really bad. Um, you know, even the last drive, 59 gets a hold on third and four, and then 30 gets uh, gets beat, and then a hold um, to set up that field goal that they missed. And I want to say this about Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was under a lot of scrutiny this year and will continue to be under a lot of scrutiny, but he did everything in his power to win that game. He made a lot of good throws, and at the end of the football game, he drove them right down the field to, to set up a manageable field goal try. 
I mean, they win that game if the kicker does his job. So, you know, I think that's tough for Ryan Tannehill. I hope that's noted as you look back at their record, you know, that, that you know, early in the season, if they drop one or two, well, they should have been 1-0. and And it wasn't really his fault. That team runs through Derrick Henry, though. They rest him. They go three and out. Uh, but a ton of penalties, including that last possession. You get a P10 penalty, false start on the last drive, P10 being the first play of a possession. Um, and that leads to a missed field goal that maybe you want to be five yards closer on. Yeah, you know, it's a little thing, but a ton of penalties by Tennessee. They look sloppy. Um, so for that reason, I know Carolina's not like a, a bastion of like, I don't know. Winning football. And perfection and, you know, not not playing ugly football. But that was a lot that Tennessee gift wrapped to them. You know, um, they tried to give it away, and they did. And, uh, you know, some of these calls, the third and one, they go big brain on their own 33 with seven minutes to go. They can put this game away. They go tight end, end around. You have Derrick Henry in the fucking backfield, and you run an end around with a tight end that I had to look and see who he was. Well, speaking of who he was, respectfully, uh, Kyle Phillips, fifth round pick in 2022 out of UCLA, received about all of Ryan Tannehill's targets. We're number 18, 5'11", Cat. Nine targets, six for 66 for Kyle Phillips. Kid, kid had a good day. And, and A bunch know, of receivers you haven't heard of on this team. Right. Until this, you know, like they're just like a found... It's not A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. It's not that anymore. It's a far cry. And not to punish the Giants for having big plays, but a, a big chunker and a 68-yarder, Saquon, right. and then the 65-yard touchdown to Sterling Shepard. So right. I don't, the Giants by no means went out and just handled Tennessee. They got lucky, and I don't know what the advance line was before week one for week two, but the Giants being favored by two and a half, I don't know. It might even be flip-flopped. It, it might have been Carolina two and a half before before the results of week one. It so, might have been, and I think people are going to be high on the Giants, and they should, like, the Giants are going to be better than we thought. Like, you can see that. If Saquon's healthy, Brian Dable infusion, like, they play differently. We were talking about this, like, on Monday, I think it was with Kyle, which seems like a week ago. Yeah. But, like, uh, you know, Kyle was like, it, it's, it's, Kyle? A, it, Kyle was like, it's an infusion of confidence. It's kind of like, you know, Total you're walking, belief. you're walking, you're in the mall with your fucking issued gear on if you're one of these rookies and it, you wouldn't wear your issued gear a year ago. Yep. You're on the Giants? Yep. You know, it's like Manti Teo in that documentary. It was like people were like, that's Manti Teo. And then it's like, that's Manti Teo. It's the reverse for the Giants. Now people are like, the Giants, the G Men. So enjoy this while you can. Um, I think next week, this weekend, week two, uh, Carolina gets the win. I also really enjoyed. Um, seeing Brian Dable having fun after the game. And that shows you how far we've come because when Josh McDaniels did it in Denver, it was like, look at this asshole. You know, like we've gotten way more fun as a football society. We really have. We really, really have. So, And the, word, and the words he used were appropriate. One game's not going to make or break you. One game's not making or breaking you. Um, Dable's a great dude. He's a great coach. I know he's going to be a, a net positive for them. And for Daniel Jones, now we'll see if Daniel Jones can eliminate those mistakes like the one he made in the, in, in the red zone there, throwing that pick in the end zone. Uh, and another thing, like kickers and fucking Mike Vrabel. Did anybody hear that? Yeah, I just heard that. Okay, not me, not Kingston, not Reed. That leaves one person. Um, Randy Bullock, is that who you're... <laughs> Randy Bullock did not <laughs> part. Randy Bullock 
ruined Mike Vrabel's day because all that shit you did, all you had to do was make a kick. And I was just thinking about that Denver game a couple years ago. My old teammate, Goskowski, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Gostowski with the Titans in 2020, Monday Night Football. He missed three mid-range kicks and an extra point. They still won, though. It was a bummer. Vrabel's got to be having flashbacks. So that was, listen, you got better. I'm not saying, you know, but. It's just, it's fun, man. It's so, getting all the texts from your Giants buddies. Yeah, dude. Like, it's been years. You got a lot of Giants buddies? Yeah, a few. Yeah. We would used to do, like, pregame texts. Did that, Brian Nelson text you? That practice stopped. Yeah. Uh, and now it's a post-game text. Yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. happy. It's yeah. awesome. This is good, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. This is going to be a tough team to deal with if Saquon's healthy. He looked great running down the side. Oh, he was jump-cutting and, in yeah, the backfield. Oh, man. The, the, I mean, the cut on the two-point conversion alone, man. Yeah. So I'm excited for that kid. I'm excited for Brian Dable. And for you, man, I want you, you to enjoy Sunday. I mean, like, you know, it's got to be tough. You. Yeah. Well, well I, actually, I... I Low-key, also, I'll start watching some of the games. Okay. <laughs> that, that will help. Yeah, that'll help good. the Monday show a High-key. Yep. I also got to look at Falcons-Saints a little closer look at that game. This was like a game that, I'm not going to lie, I did not pay attention to Sunday other than looking at the score. And at the end of the game, I remember that I had both teams in, in win totals. Like, I have the Saints over and the Falcons under. So this is one of those double whammy games. And thank God I wasn't thinking about it. Um, but... You know, the, the Saints found themselves in a world of hurt early. And I kind of wonder, and it makes what Daniel Jones looked like in the first half even more, you know, good newsy for Giants fans because he wasn't atrocious. Most of these new quarterback coach pairings are not going well in the first half of week one. You know, Trevor Lawrence was off in the first half. Uh, they were lucky to be in that game late. Um, you know, Mariota looked good. Jameis didn't look great. The, the Saints offense didn't look great in the, fir- in the first half. I just want to fast forward to um, the end of this football game. Like, Atlanta is a fucking factory of sadness, man. I mean, it really is. I, it just keeps happening to them in, in different ways. Uh, at least it's a fun city like Cleveland when it was like a factory of sadness for a while, and it still is, the whole massage thing. But, like, no one thinks of Cleveland as a, you know, a lively good time. Atlanta is fun. The people are fun. It's a party scene. You know, I was in that Super Bowl. All the fucking rappers in the crowd. It's great. But Buckhead. Inevit- Shout out. Yeah. Inevitably, these people are all going to get let down. And I think, you know, when you're up 26 10 or whatever it was yep. late in that football game, um, you think you're going to win that football game. And, and we knew not to touch that game with a 10 foot pole because it's hate week. But I did not think Atlanta would jump up. So I just want to say that off the top is Atlanta is is their offense looked kind of decent. Marcus Mariota looked kind of decent. Cordero Patterson carried the ball twenty two times. His usage is up after that great year he had last year in Atlanta. Um, it did look like it was going to be Damian Williams at first, and yeah. then he got hurt. So, yeah. but then Cordero goes out and does twenty two for one twenty. Twenty two for one twenty, bro. You might want to stick with that. Yeah, that's a good football team you just played. Yep. I mean, one of the cuts, he, he made a cut that was incredible, and then he runs over uh, Honey Badger late in that football game, and I'm like, golly, he should have been a running back his whole career. I mean, I know, I know it's so, so unorthodox, but the kid really, I mean, he's not a kid anymore. Uh, the dude really is going to get a lot of touches uh, out of the backfield. He was in the pistol a lot. They'll, they'll, you know, the pistol being shotgun with, um, with the back right behind him, and when he's there, he's getting the ball. Um, 
they're fun, man. And Drake London, I get it. You've got some big, big targets to throw to. You got Kyle Pitts, who's basically like a big receiver. You got Drake London. They're going to be fun to watch. Not for me because I, you know, I get the under on four and a half games or whatever it is. Lamade Zacchaeus in the slot. Zacchaeus in the slot. Uh, and Mariota, man, I'm rooting for him. He threw some nice balls, but you had a million fucking chances to put this game away. You know, I asked Reed what the win probability was early on their last drive, and it was in the mid-80s, man. I'm surprised it wasn't higher because in the last drive, you know, you're up. This is the Saints have just missed their two-point conversion to tie it at 26, okay? And not to mention, Mariota could have put this game away with a throw in the end zone to make it a three-score game. They were two wants, for four in the red zone. He wants that one back, right? That's the throw he wants back. Could have put them up three scores, 30 to, to 10 or whatever it is. And they turn around and get the ball back. Snapped. A minute forty left in that football game. They, the possession started at three thirty-eight. Well, they start. Yeah, they get the, they 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 start their drive at three thirty-eight. Uh, and you think we're up two? We're going to ice this thing, right? Our, our offense has been moving the ball. They've had trouble stopping Patterson. They actually get a first down. So you're like, okay. Then third and six. They, it's the most god-awful call in the world. If they convert on third and six, they get two or three men out in the route, and Mariota just throws it as far as he can. It's a terrible call. And you're like, man, this is real Falcons-y. But the Saints bail them out with a hold. So now they get another fresh set downs, and it's third and one, as you mentioned, uh, with not a lot of time left. Um, and they fumble the snap, dude. Yep. So they have a million chances to put this game away, whether it's the throw in the end zone, whether it's the last possession, and they can't fucking do it. I mean, even Marcus May stripping the ball in the red zone. I mean, Mariota has a first down uh, earlier, a couple possessions ago, up two scores or whatever it was, with a chance to blow this thing open. And Marcus May, who came over from, uh, from the Jets, uh, famously the guy that didn't like losing that football game, right? Um, kind of made up for a bad bad hold he had early uh, on a deep shot and forced a fumble that was the turning point of this game because if he goes in and scores there, I mean, there's 15 chances that Atlanta had to put this thing away. When Atlanta fumbles that snap at third and one, they didn't have fourth and one at the Saints 42, minute 40. Yep. I think that's a worse call, Arthur Smith, punting it away than Daniels' call to kick the field goal. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm, I'm kind of – I'm with you on at least the fourth and one. I, I okay. would have gone, dude. Yeah. I would have gone. Yeah, I mean, when you're a bad team, quote unquote, you you steal games when you can. And you, you don't you don't put because Jameis had heated up in the second half. And I want to say this, like Carmichael, they're kind of getting their feet wet in the first half. I thought this was really big in the second half. They started off they started breaking chunk plays off. And Jameis made a couple of nice throws. A lot of his throws were like, you know, spots and zones that he was exploiting for twenty yard chunks. Uh but there was a throw on third and three against uh, A.J. Terrell. It was like kind of a rub route where they really needed it, and he put great touch on the ball. Mike Thomas looked great. Mike Thomas looked great on a back shoulder down there in the end zone. Like that connection looks good. So Jameis, although he almost hurt you a couple times in that game, kind of as it went on, they got their rhythm. And, uh, and one of the biggest deals to me was going to Olave on a two-point conversion when you had to have it. You know, you needed, you still needed another score after that, but to go to a rookie in that situation was huge for me. And Jarvis Landry coming up with a big catch at the end of that football game. It was even improbable for them after they got the ball back. They got the ball back on the 20 with, with no timeouts. And they overcome a second and 20. Like right. that shouldn't happen. Statistically, when you get the ball back with no timeouts on the 20 
and then you have a penalty, and it's second and 20, you're not supposed to win that game. Down, down a touchdown, down a field goal, whatever it is, and they overcome it because Jarvis Landry and uh, Jameis hook up on a big, uh, a big shot down the sideline. The Hayward got turned around there, um, and, and that's all she wrote. So Falcons may be better than you think. The Saints, uh, they're going to need some time to get in a rhythm offensively. But um, I just, fuck, man, it, it feels like the Falcons are cursed. Fascinating week two matchup, Saints-Bucks. Saints-Bucks is going to be a great matchup. I'm also giving out the Saints in a little bit. No, oh, we'll see what wow. Steve has to say about that. Spoilers. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to beat you the punch because I think we're going to have the same game. No, we're not. But, yeah, okay, good. And then uh, Mike Thomas. Can't guard Mike. Is he held hostage right now? He seems so fucking happy in the post game. I thought he was drugged. Welcome back. He's like, I love being here. This is the best. He was just Sean Payton. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton, injuries, suspensions. Yeah. It was just a bad scene for a little it's while. It's all behind him now. Yeah. And he looks happy, and Jameis looks happy. So, How old do you think Michael Thomas is? 27. 29. Damn, he's but getting that, up there. That's fair. Lost a couple years. It all it just goes 27 to show you how football quick, years. It just goes to show you how quick somebody's career goes by. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you need every year. If you take a couple years off with like injuries, like you'll be thirty before you know it. So um, Jackson and Jigba's probably a decade younger than Michael Thomas. Probably. You watched the Commanders Jacksonville game? Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah, I watched the Commies and the Jags. It, I watched the Giants till 1.30 at night last night. I'm still so tired from Vegas. It's like I'm delirious. And uh, Meg was like, hope you got some good sleep last night. No, I was standing up watching the Giants. I was. You don't have to say it like that. At 1.30 in the morning, I'm watching the Giants. Anyways. Um, I thought yeah. Trevor Lawrence looked pretty bad. And I was, bad. I was wondering like why he continually gets a pass from the media, whereas everybody's critical of Trey Lance, even though... Lawrence had more college experience and was a starter all last year? Well, I think two reasons. Number one, there's a sense that in San Francisco you gave up a lot to get Trey Lance. And you had a, a, you know, an answer. You've just been in the Super Bowl. You, you, you know, you've been in the NFC Championship. Um, and then the market. Yeah. Like, you know, the market is a big thing. You know, Jacksonville is not a big market. Probably a blessing for him if it's, he was up in New York right now. He'd be getting skewered because the you know that first half, and then the third thing that's obvious is Urban Meyer. It's almost yeah. like you can't count Urban Meyer against him. I almost would count Urban Meyer. I know some people are going to say I'm caping for a young quarterback. I don't really do that. Um, it's just fucking Urban Meyer's. I mean, from by all accounts, is one of the most dysfunctional years of football in the past 25 years are in our league. Like the things I'm hearing behind the scenes are even worse than what you know. And so, like, the first half alone, man, there were so many opportunities for Trevor Lawrence to, to take control of this football game. I mean, he overthrows ETN the first uh, drive pretty bad. And then all in one drive, down 14-3, uh, he misses Marvin Jones. He's behind ETN. He misses Jones on third down in the end zone. And then you get the, they go for it on fourth down, you get the circus noise, ETN dropping the ball. Um, he's just, his placement's off. I want to shout out Doug Peterson because guys are open. Guys are open, and, and they have some good football players down there. They, they play fast. There's some good players on that team. It looks like they made some decent moves in the draft. I mean, they, the, the young kid setting the fuck out of some edges, playing like real pro football, base defensive end kind of stuff. But Trevor Lawrence has to clean it up. 
you know, he's going to be what's going to keep them from from making a run at the AFC South if he plays like yeah. that. They'll have a desperate indie team this weekend too. And to be to be fair, Carson Wentz was was high early, dude. You know, um, and he almost threw a pick on the goal line and way short of McKissick early in the, in the first half. I mean, like I'm just charting these throws and I'm making notes every time these guys' placements are off when they have a big opportunity to do something with the ball. What I do when I watch quarterbacks is I just chart where, where when their placements off. Like how many times is their placement off in, in in a given game? And both these quarterbacks don't put the ball in the money. And both these quarterbacks have like sneaky decent teams. But if you can't, if your placement's going to be off all year, you're going to be you're going to be losing the turnover battle. Um, you're going to be missing big opportunities, like Trevor Lawrence said early. The, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars should have won that game. They should have took control of it early. So yeah, to answer your question, I think there's some good reasons. Uh, it's not fair, but that's just the way it is. Thirty-two incompletions between those two in that game. Give me your Hackett take before Steve gets on. My Hackett take is that it was absolutely the right call. Like I almost tweeted it out in the moment but my my twitter following is more of like a uh an, an alt left kind of you know we just want to see what kind of food you're cooking sort yeah, of deal yeah. so i didn't i don't know if they wanted the the hot football they like take. the toast tweets yeah uh, english muffins um more so even than <laughs> yeah. the toast is is what i'm hearing is what they're wanting but look it everyone's acting like fourth and freaking five is a gimme and it's not you're in seattle the environment was electric and not in a good way for the road team and you're having trouble scoring points and picking up yardage and and your kicker is going to tell you and he's going to be as honest as he can from what distance he feels comfortable he's kicking pregame he's kicking at halftime he knows what side of the field he's he's going toward and he said the 46 i'm good from 64 so trust your kicker believe your kicker and the whole letting the clock run down, I know everybody's saying, why isn't he calling the timeout? I mean, that was, if you make the decision, that's a smart way to go. You're, you're juking out yeah. Pete Carroll and the Seattle sideline because they would call a timeout right. at a minute, whatever it was, to try to get the ball back in case the field goal went in. So I, I understand that there have only been, what, two kicks as long as that in NFL yeah. history and, and the percentages were, were not terribly high, but... Stealing one on the road under those circumstances with with Russ being back in Seattle, I, I, I kind of like giving the kicker a shot there. And, and he it was long enough; it was just off. And and fourth and five doesn't seem like the um, the easy conversion. That, that you might get booed like Russ. Oh, he, <laughs> oh, we pay him so much money. I okay. It's not even the money for me. It was more just like one. The probability of actually converting was higher. Like. You can't even argue that it wasn't. Well, look, historical data is going to support your argument, no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah. I feel like you trot McManus out there 10 times, he makes that kick four times. More like McBoyas. That's, four, that's 40%. That's 40% of the time. He's got a leg like a little boy. Advanced analytics. So I, uh, I like the call. Even though my man Thaniel now says he doesn't like the call, yeah. I'm the only one on Thaniel. Yeah, Island. even Nathaniel Hackett's like <laughs> he's walked it if back. If Nathaniel Hackett's listening to this podcast right now, he's just like, I, fuck. When this when guy. when when Russ was dawdling uh-huh. at the line of scrimmage, yeah. I knew what was going on. Oh, Peyton, I loved know. it. I loved it. Yeah. I liked what was. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked. By the, the way, I, I didn't watch the Manning cast. I didn't either. It was I, nice. I wasn't tempted to because it's hard. You know, it's I, I don't want to, Joel, who was it? Joel McHale. McHale on there. 
I don't need to watch a comedian. Is that what he does? He's a comedian, right? He's a comedian. Yeah, I don't need to hear a comedian distracting me from. I just Joe and Joe and Troy. I wanted to see their, their they did good. football I, I, debut. They were excellent. Nice. That usual. was nice. You got a hello before we get into Steve. Assateague Island, Virginia. Okay, good. Hello. They got some houses there. Yeah, houses and um, the uh, islands in Maryland a little bit too. So why the you know? There aren't any famous people. I got on Wikipedia. No famous people from Assateague. You should work on that. Here's Steve. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down, don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Megan, don't turn to your right. It looks like you have a mullet. Oh boy. If he turns his head to the right, that whatever's in the background, it looks like it's long hair. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, wow. He doesn't like that. <laughs> Is it the squirrel? What's I going on? It's Willie Nelson. Oh, it's Willie Nelson. Yeah, it is a little bit mullety. Nice. That's cool. Steve, what's Willie. up, man? Willie was in Connecticut this week. Uh, we, Willie was in Seville recently. We had to catch him. Well, those of us who appreciate culture. Did Reed get overserved in Vegas? No, reading a dad dad got overserved in Vegas. <laughs> okay. Me. All right. All right. Reed, 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 Reed was a champ in Vegas, dude. He he went to bed when it was appropriate to go to bed. He I did. did. I skipped the uh, I yeah, skipped no, Saturday no. night with Channing Fry. Went right to bed. Oh. And then I woke up with a uh, nine in the morning with a text at five thirty from Chris saying, Hey, I'm still out. That's oh, you were just well, I, I cause when, peacocking. Yeah, because when because when me and no, Reed, he was getting in line to bet the games on Sunday. <laughs> no, so, so me and Reed, so me and Reed parted ways. We went out to dinner. Shout out to Ian and Seth and and all and all the Winbet gang and went to Delilah's and had a nice meal. And then we were kind of hanging out at the bar there. And Channing came through with his crew, and we were like, you know, we're hey, they were like, we're going to Marshmallow. I was like, well, when you're in, I'm not gonna see Marshmallow back home. You know, and Reed was no. Reed did a, a semi Irish goodbye, and so I just wanted to be like Reed. You see, I still got it, bro. I still got it because a lot of people think nice. you get, you know, you get a little older, a little longer in the tooth. You can't hang, Steve. Man, nope. speaking of Vegas, we got some winners to give out today. But first, I want to do the, um, I want to do the watch list. I want to do the the Cochlin Award uh, and and the Chang Award, uh, and I, w- I want you to tell us if anybody knew has entered the picture yes um it's getting close to a michael mayer status uh ohio state tight end cage silver is an absolute battering ram i absolutely love the kid watching the first two games going back on tape staying up till late watching him against arkansas state just ragged down people yeah played his butt off against notre dame uh he was a former linebacker 
big old elbow brace. His jersey's untucked, like second play of the game because some guy's grabbing his jersey because he's pissed that he's blocking after the whistle. Like he has the goods, and Ohio State's offense will be fine as long as eight is on the field. He's got a neck beard from where I sit. Yeah, he's he's got a lot. I wouldn't mess with him. I'll just say that. Damn, he get beat up by a college kid here. Yeah, he's a big kid. Six four two fifty five Mansfield, Ohio. He's a big kid. Yes. Where, it's an Ohio number boy, eight. man. What number did you wear, Steve? High school four, college eighty two. I love that four. Far. You were ahead of your time. Yeah, you were. Now guys are just any any old single digit number will do. Mm-hmm. Like it's just fucking slap it on. Um, Except okay. three, three. I don't like three or nine. Ooh, I like nine. I don't and know I like about three. nine. I don't know about nine. I like both nine. of those. I don't know about nine. Mm-hmm. I like both those. Look at uh, you, and zero you, and zero. Zero. Terrible. Yeah, zero. I'm kind of in on zero. Oh, you're in on and zero. And I've come around on four. <laughs> really like four. It depends on which what your body type is and what position you play. Yeah. You know, it's a, there's no absolute no no number. I mean, I fuck, dude. I really stepped in it shitting on Luke Keekley's number. Um, 59. 59. It's an ugly number. And I was like, you know, this summer. It is. It's an ugly number. And I was like, ah, who the fuck is, you know, doing the whole countdown to to kick off? And I'm like, 59. Who wore that? You forget. It's such a hideous number. Guys like London Fletcher, Seth Joyner, uh, Luke Keekley. It really speaks to how great they are to make that number look good. All right. So the Coughlin, uh, you know, award is given to the. uh, Do we know what that award is? Yeah, the Coughlin Award goes to um, the best college football player who has no chance to win the Heisman Trophy. It's always a tight end. Yeah, it's not a tight end award. It's not the Ted Hendricks Award. Yeah, and yet, yeah. uh, is that the Ted Hendricks? No, that's the defensive end. Um, that's the, you won the Ted Hendricks Award. <laughs> I did. Tight end. Uh, did you get a trophy? Yeah, it's huge, dude. It's like as big yeah? as Ted. It's as big as Ted Hendricks. John Mackey. John Mackey. John Mackey Award. John, uh, slide over, Fred Belitnikoff. John Mackey's in town. All right? All right. Uh, so Brock Bowers, of course, won the original Coughlin Award. And, and uh, fucking Notre Dame, after they get beat by Marshall. Mayer didn't win yeah. it. That's right. That's, you know, like, you know, we can't really shout out any Notre Dame players this week. Yeah, sorry, Steve. No. Um, okay. How about the the, uh, the Chang Award, which was, it's given to the guy that's balling out, um, what it's kind of sounds like the same award. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll go a little smaller tier. Little, so this is like tier. even Maybe more not, obscure. Let's say non-power five. Non-power, non-power five. five. That's good. Okay. All right. Got Except you. Yeah. This is a nice way for you to. No to, offense, Wazoo. Yeah, this is your a nice way for you to to just like subtly back out of the incarnate word guy. Uh, take. Did you see what he won? He went to Madison and they won. They're two and That's zero. Okay. Yeah. Has he yeah. been great? Okay. Has he been great? He's been good. He's been good. <laughs> what quarterbacks are good when they go to Madison? His team won the game. Totally with you, Steve. Yeah, two Steve. and zero. Oh. Cameron right. Ward will be fine. I'm Wish my down. team was ten and two and zero. Oh. Wish my team was. Yeah. No, I mean uh, after you said that, I had a bunch of people tweeting me. They were like, "Wait till you see this fucking kid play." No, uh, he's legit, man. Uh, Timmy Chang Award, Devon Fox, mm-hmm. Temple. He oh, blocked yeah. three punts last week. You got to be kidding three me. Punts. Block three punts. Maybe keep an eye on them after the second one. Right. Like, what are they doing in protection, Steve? Oh, you got to go go back and watch Bad Beach uh, part one from this week because they were right. The the punt blocks caused it. Um, Lafayette had two guys to the left of the center. Guess where he came from? The left of the center? 
Yes. <laughs> college the punting is out there. College punting is so stupid. Like, look at the pros. Look how they do it. That like they do it that way. Why do we have to reinvent the wheel and do all this exotic punting shit? I don't know when that started, what year that was, but it kind of drives me crazy and nobody pays attention yeah. to it. What's the reason? I'm with you. I don't know. Overthinking it. Field position, maybe getting, you know, to, to, uh, I think a lot, I'll tell you right. The rugby thing, I think guys got crazy influenced by the ability to, for the returner, not to get his hands on the ball right. where they could, you know, run and kick it to the side. So they would yeah. get a roll and there would be no return. Yep, yep. Well, and, and, and taking a look at picking up the first down too. If you, if there, if it was yeah. sailing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, get that out of our game. It's so funny. Coaches are always like, well, we, we, whatever the best does, that's what we do. And then, like, you look up one fucking level of competition, and you're like, no, nah, I think we'll just spread out and look like we're on were you, were you ever on punt or kickoff in college? So I was on kick uh, – no, I was I was on field goal. Um, yeah, I was definitely on all that stuff. I was on that stuff in the pros. Spags like, was like, yeah, you got to be on all special teams, oh. kid. Yeah. And then I just was terrible at it. Now, I wasn't even throwing the game, but they thought I was throwing the game. They were like, this fucking asshole doesn't want to be on special teams. We get it. Um, but in college, I got a punt or a kick blocked against Duke on me. I was the wing guy. I was the guy that steps Ooh. down inside and puts his arm there and puts his arm there. It's the worst job in football. Labrum's. It's all, yeah, dude. Labrum's fingers. Duke guy well, just cradled me and blocked the kick. We almost lost to Duke because of me. Bengals and LSU. I'm That's sure what you happened. saw that game. Steve, do you remember Ahmad Brooks, parade All American linebacker, played in the league? Absolutely. He was Absolutely. Uh, Al Gro made him our kick returner against Temple. Yeah. My first, my very first game was watching. Yeah, Ahmad Brooks return kicks. Probably like a 260 pounds. 260. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. Wow. We used to call him Fuck It because he just because <laughs> he just would he would just go off and not come back. It just came out of my One mouth. time he was like, I got to take a shit. And then uh, he went inside and then he didn't come back for a week. Fuck it. <laughs> oh. But then he turned into like the consummate pro. I mean, in, in San Francisco, Ahmad Brooks was like one of the tone setters on that, on that defense. Didn't get enough love. Shout out to Ahmad Brooks, a.k.a. fuck it. Um, all right. So first thing, is this a code break, Steve, that Texas um, puts the bands up in the upper deck? Alabama's million dollar band. Did you hear about this? They, yeah. They didn't yeah, they make didn't the go. trip because they gave them a bunch of nosebleed tickets up there. Is that a code break in college football? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't so, think, I mean, you, you know, I mean the NFL, where are the visiting players comp tickets? Right. All but, the way up. But you know, in college, yeah, I always see the band like down by the field. A lot of bands don't travel. Okay. I mean, you gotta, it's, mm. a, it's a home field advantage. Okay. Okay. What I don't know yeah. is if, in, within your allotment, can you stick anybody in your allotment like the marching band? Yeah. Or is there some sort of do do some schools and stadiums have their own rules about? I'm not really sure, but I would love to, to see Nick Saban sticking like uh, all his best players, like Will Anderson's families, in, in the nosebleed because the million dollar band is down on the field. Uh, <laughs> we, hey, by the way, did you hear what, that? I, what I thought was a good point was that Alabama should not have said. The band wasn't coming, and then there would just been an open space in the upper deck. Oh my god, that would have been beautiful. That would have been beautiful. ODU is complaining because they can't bring some dog. To, oh, really? Did you hear oh, about yeah. this? People are tweeting me about this. There's some support some dog. dog. Yeah. There's they're support the, dogs. Good looking dog, but they're the monarchs. They should be bringing King Charles. 
Maybe they, yeah, they King bring Charles Cavalier. Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, I think is what you're after. Did you see him having trouble with his fucking pen this yeah, week? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. What a relatable royal. Yeah, okay. Like King Charles. The pen's made of like uh, elephant tusks. <laughs> Imperialist <laughs> bastards. All right, so Nebraska, you didn't want to bury Scott Frost. You didn't want to be disrespectful no. by, you know... It's speculating who might be the successor now. Who who's replacing Scott Frost? Now that it's done, and were you surprised? I was because I thought the buyout might change things, and you know, well, it, it doubled. Uh, well, it, it, you know, it went down half or, or more on October first. So yeah, I was at the timing, but then you think about this week and Fox's show is going there, big noon and. The whole conversation would be, you know, how long is he going to be the head coach? Now there's that's gone. So you get your team amped up. Uh, I still think they have an effort in them. To me, I know everybody's going to talk about Nebraska in this game. To me, this is about Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma came in. Venables talked about before the year, game one. They had 50 guys that never put on an Oklahoma uniform before. And now you got two weeks later, you're going on the road to play your first two road games with all these new guys new staff, new head coach. So that, to me, if you're a top 10 team going on the road in this environment, I want to see you win by double digits. When this line was posted before the season, they do those game of the year lines. It was Oklahoma minus three, and now it's obviously 11. The fun belt went up there and just pissed on their sofa. So what do you think Oklahoma is going to do? And there must be a a line on, on, uh, or, you know, some sort of metric on hey, what what? How do interim head coaches do? There's got to be first, a bump. There's got to be a bump, an interim head coach bump, because everybody feels good and it's like a new beginning. And that coach is really fucking jazzed up. He's not just actually going through the motions, and uh, and people feel that. But then the second week, they actually have to like adjust and do things. They should, maybe they should hire halfway serious, totally serious. Clay Helton, guy's a good football coach. <laughs> he showed it last week. I thought. Probably one and zero in Memorial Stadium. Uh, <laughs> any other names you like? I just think it's funny. You guys are younger than me. I don't even know if it was around when you guys, re- if you can remember. But the old Big Eight, you know, the, that's when Nebraska and Oklahoma started. And the idea—if I put you in a time machine from 1993 and moved you to here in 2022—and I told you that, and you asked me who the next Nebraska head coach was, and I told you two of the top candidates. Or from Kansas and Kansas State, yeah. like you would, your mind would blow. So that that's what's amazing to me, just remembering what those teams were in Nebraska's heyday. Yeah, and to see how it's it's turned, uh, I, I would go after climbing at Kansas State. Uh, I think he's a machine at North Dakota State. He's got Kansas State on the cusp of a really big season here. I think he knows about building a program from within in not the most or the greatest recruiting areas and going out and getting players and just be a tireless worker. Uh, Kleiman would be at the top of my list for, for Nebraska. Okay. I got one. What do we got? Don't look at my, don't look at my machine. Hey, Steve, (laughs) could I interest you in a coach who has a winning percentage? Okay. 135 and 81. I'm not going to pull out my phone to do the percentage. He's 135 and 81 overall. And he really wants to coach college football. Would that be interesting to you? He's young. When's the last time he coached in college? 
uh, let's say like a year ago. Oh, I know who it is. Bronco Mendenhall? His name is Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I think he'd be great there. I think he's, I think he's heard, a really good coach. Has his, his name, name been brought up in that in that I've heard, in that cycle? I've heard his name for sure. Wow! But I'll tell you right now, if Mickey Joseph turns this thing around, I mean, look at the Big Ten West right now. Wisconsin lost to Washington. I know they're out of conference games, but Wisconsin lost to Washington State. Iowa looks like trash. You know, hot garbage. Northwestern just lost to Duke. What's the fallout when it comes to Texas A and M? I mean, losing to uh, App State down there. They did their whole weird rally thing the night before. That's the cringiest shit ever when they do that. And I guess they do it every Midnight week. yell practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, midnight yell practice. Christ, dude. Yeah, that's right up your alley, Chris. Um, I think this is an enormous spot for A&M because when you look at Texas A&M, look at their schedule. After this game Saturday night, they don't play a home game until October 29th. That might be good or it might not because those road trips, I believe they play Arkansas and Dallas. There's a trip to Alabama in there. There's a trip to either Arkansas or no, to Mississippi State. Like it's a really tough stretch until they come home and play Ole Miss on October 29th. So I think this game is enormous. I think we got to see a little more creativity from, from Jimbo Fisher on the offensive side. I would have to think Max Johnson is going to get snaps. Uh, in this game to try and change up things. I mean, you got all these five-star receivers. You got to get the ball to them. And I just think, you know, you look at last week, they had nine possessions in the game. Nine possessions. They had eight first downs. Something has to change there. I don't think there's another play caller on the staff that's done it before. So I think Jimbo is going to keep calling the plays. But I just, I'm interested to see the different difference in approach and the difference in the game plan this week as Miami comes in. So do you like uh, do you like the Aggies there? Uh, what is that line? Three and a half? Five, five and, and, a half. and a half? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, Miami just said they, they're going to be out with their best receiver, uh, Restrepo. So, I I mean, if, if in any case, like this is, this is not do or die, but like it's close to a must-win situation here. I would expect it to a big-time effort out of Texas A&M. Uh, how about this is a line that I texted you about last night, the, uh, the BYU, uh, Oregon line mm-hmm. and Felica, I hear likes, uh, Oregon per my, my he co-host here, Macon, um, he read your column. I read your column. He said it was great. Oh, okay. And he, what Thank was it? Hey, what is payback? Um, it's a bad word. It begins with a B and you he can't write that in your he column. You won't, won't huh? say it. Yeah. No, I don't want to say it. Okay, but uh, BYU. We could be kids listening. Yeah, fucking hope not. Some guy, t- <laughs> some guy, t- some guy hit me up one time and was like, "Dude, you fucking, you know, my kids were in the car." I'm like, "You're a bad dad." <laughs> like, as Scott Van Pelt once said to me, "I, I wish your daughter had a better dad." <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> As Scott Van Pelt once said to me week one, he said, bet the dogs. We, yeah, there were all types of numbers on betting the dogs last week. And how did that, 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 did that play out? Um, shout out to Scott. Okay, BYU, Oregon. Mm. Okay, like Oregon favored at home. I was like, is, is, is home field advantage that serious up there? You, you mentioned the receivers being out, make. What gives? Is yeah. it stinky? Yeah, a little bit because... I don't think Oregon's offense is fixed because they scored 70 against Eastern Washington. 
I still go back to the inconsistencies of Bo Nix at quarterback and what they looked like against Georgia. BYU is not Georgia, but I, they just look like they didn't have any kind of balance in their offense. And on the other side, BYU's top two receivers out. They get the win against Baylor, who's a good physical team. But BYU had 83 yards rushing on 33 carries. That's like a two-and-a-half-yard average. They're not going to win going on the road to Oregon if they do that. they got to find some kind of a, a more balance. And when I look at BYU's defense, they got some good dudes up front. They're not crazy athletic, but they're going to play for 60 minutes. I think if BYU were to win this game, there is a path to the playoff for them because they get Arkansas coming in their building. They get Notre Dame uh, in Vegas. Uh, they win. still have a Power 5 game against Stanford. That's a win. So I would think that resume is better than Cincinnati's last year. So there is a road if they win this game, but it's going to be tougher. I would like Oregon a lot more if it was a night game, but it's going to be early. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I like I like the under in the game. Okay, 50, I like under fifty. I think both defenses dictate the, the game. By the way, without without you know, because by the time people are going to hear this, uh, what what do you like on the total tonight? Our tonight listeners last night with uh, Chargers and Chiefs. You you think it goes over or under? Because this is a really pivotal answer. Yeah, this is a good thing you guys do and wait for the outcome of the game and then post my video about how the bills aren't going to be good. That was, that was nice. No, did we po- oh, don't point at me. You cocksuckers, you know, fuck me, dude. Uh, that one. Uh, uh, so I guess I'm part who, of the time. Did we here. post that after the game? It was right around it. Come I would on. Think. All right. Let me, let me be yeah. real. It was posted before care. the game. Number two. Okay. Nobody pointed at me. Know. Like I fucking, I put that social out. Okay. I don't give a fuck, but you were dead wrong, dude. The point I'm when I pointed, I w- that was a joke. I yeah, was joking. well, you never can tell. I'm always joking. All right, what, so what, are, uh, what do you got? What does WinBet have for numbers? Fifty-four. I, Fifty-four. Mm. I'll go under. I think that's probably right. Fuck, we're gonna have a good night, maybe. All right, all right. Georgia, South Carolina. What's the line there? Who yeah. do you like? It's around twenty-four, I believe. Over under fifty-four. So another one, I would, I would give South Carolina a shot to cover if it was at night, but it's a noon game. But here's another thing, just like Oklahoma, Georgia, now they're number one, gave it to Oregon, beat the crap out of whoever last week. Now we get to see this group go on the road in a physical environment. Stetson has been unbelievable. Uh, they haven't really had to run the ball in South Carolina's <laughs> defense against the run has not been good. So uh, I, I have to lean Georgia in this game. It's a ton of points in a division game. Uh, I don't love it at all, but yeah. in you know my office pools and stuff like that, I'll be circling Georgia. How about Bo Allen has a mention he made up called Beefcake of the Week that he gives out to a guy every week. His first one was Javon Kinlaw because he looked great without his shirt on. Nice. And you, and you, you're just obsessed with Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I'm not obsessed with Stetson Bennett. He's just sneaky hot. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia 11 and 18 against the spread under Kirby when favored by 20 or more. South Carolina oh. 4 and 1 against the spread in last 5 games against AP top 5. Put that in your column. Sneaky. Air. Now, I want Shane Air. Beamer to lose every game by 24 and I a half. I want him to get hit in the head by a Mayo uh igloo cooler. That's right. Like he did after yeah. that bowl game. A couple things just about watching them offensively with Rattler at quarterback now at Arkansas, and even against Georgia State, who I think is an underrated team with a bunch of athletes, 
all their passing game is really long. Like, it takes a while to progress. Georgia only has one sack so far this year. I'm going to guess that total is a lot higher after this week. I think Georgia gets after uh, South Carolina. South Carolina also has two of their top defensive guys out that got ACLs last week. So it's up against them for South Carolina, but um, there is capability on that offense for the Gamecocks. Couple more here. Auburn, Penn State. Oof. What's the line there, guys? Three. Field goal. Okay. Yeah. Road team favored. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I know it's a low number. I, again, would look at the under. Auburn's going to play two quarterbacks. Neither of them are accurate. And on top of that, I love Penn State secondary. Um, Porter Jr., I think, is a stud. King at safety. Those guys are, are real players. And they held up against Purdue, who just throws the ball every single time. So I think Penn State has a real advantage there. But Auburn can run the ball. The problem is, is how stacked is that box going to be? I think Tank Bigby is, is the top five running back in the game. We don't talk about running backs anymore, but that dude's electric. And uh, Hunter, the backup, is really good, too. To me, it's about Auburn, the crowd. Uh, I think it's the most underrated play place to play in the country. I think Jern Hare is awesome. It's an awesome atmosphere. And Penn State hates whenever anybody says another place is a great home field. So oh, God. I, but the I, whiteout. Oh. <laughs> so, uh I, I lean Auburn in this game. I like the under. Uh, I, I think that crowd and, and, and that, uh, that atmosphere takes over. Clifford's got some big play guys, but I think Auburn has the goods on defense to slow them down. All right, so two teams, uh, you know, that I want to I want to talk. Well, first NC State because I they got mm. Texas Tech this week. I'm interested in them. I mean, like I, I feel like this is one of those things where you had your chance uh, to impress everybody at ECU and take care of business the first game of the season. And now that taste is kind of in my mouth when I'm thinking about the Wolfpack. So yeah. who are they and how does this weekend go? Well, Larry's been under par. Uh, I would think from his expectations coming in, you know, at the draft, uh, Doran says that he's the best college football quarterback and he hasn't played like it in the first two games. I love their defense. I don't think they win that game without their defense against East Carolina. They got NFL guys on that defense. They have guys that missed all of last year that were all ACC guys in, in, in 20 and 19. Uh, so I'm fired up for NC State to see them in this atmosphere because I looked at their schedule. They play Wake Forest late, and Texas Tech is going to do something that not, I don't think a lot of teams are going to do to, to NC State, just spread them out and try and get them as thin as possible, and maybe attack it sideways with you know with with flare screens and, and jail breaks and stuff like that. So the discipline of NC State's defense at home, I think, shows up, and I would expect Larry to play his best game so far. So I I I know it sounds dangerous leaning on NC State with expectations because it hasn't lived up to it. I still think this team has a really bad taste in their mouth after that bowl game getting canceled with a chance to be the second uh, team in school history to win 10 games. Uh, so I, I got high hopes. If they win this and look good, that's a monster matchup in two weeks as they go to Clemson. Oh, boy. And who would you like today? Nancy State. Yeah, against Clemson. Yes. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that, you're, I that, fucking hope you're right. State 5-1 and one against the spread as a double-digit favorite since the start of 2020. Bitting them out, bro. Stats. Like a fax machine. Yep. Shout out Dr. Fax. Call me Dr. Fax. Yeah. USC. Are they for real? Yes. They kind of look for real. I was like, damn, are they kind of real now? I said, uh, I said last, I loved SC last week against Stanford. 
just because of the speed factor. Stanford has zero team speed on offense or defense. And the thing with SC is when you watch like that old line, they play two guys at left tackle, but right. that old line is so in sync with everything. And you just don't, you, you haven't seen that in college football the first two weeks, uh, you know, with all the zone schemes and how guys are on the same page and staying on the right track and, and all that zone stuff. And when you get to Caleb, like he's hit every big long throw. And if he's going to do that, it's, it's scary. Now I will say they've, Felica said they're, they're 52 to nothing in turnovers, like right. points off turnovers. Yeah. It's 52 to nothing. So that's not going to be sustainable, I would think. But if your offense is going to be that good and not turn it over, the defense is going to be better than advertised. And when you look at Fresno, I think they're better than Stanford. They got way more speed. The quarterback is awesome. Uh, he had a great quote earlier this week. Uh, he rooted for SC when his, Jay Kaner is his name. He's from yeah. Danville, California. And he said, little Jay Kaner was too small and didn't have enough stars next to his name to get an offer from uh, SC. But this week I get to go play in the Coliseum. So I'm fired up for Fresno. I think they keep it closer to the number. I do. Fresno is like perpetually scrappy. I just feel that way because they beat yeah. us in the Micron PC bowl circa whatever the fuck year that was. All right, this is the last time I'll do it. <laughs> They've covered five straight games as a double-digit underdog, Fresno. There we go. That's mm -hmm. valuable information. It's covered each of its last seven games against AP-ranked opponents. Where I guess we're on the Bulldogs. I'm on the Bulldogs, dude. Wow. Let's do it. I'm on the Bulldogs. USC 5-12 and 12 against non-conference opponents over the last six seasons. It's that's 10-30 Fox, so you're going to bed at 3 a.m. if you see the end of that one. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. No, I got the kids this weekend, so I'm probably not going to be watching that game. Um, okay. Uh, and now we move to pro football. This mm. is this is a joy. How do we do? What the, were our picks yeah, last week? Uh, we're just we don't need to do records. We're just doing a win total, like a sort of a ladder, and and Steve's on top with two. Chris right. and I are at one. Right. So, okay. All right. I like this. I yeah. like this. Yeah, we're game back. There's time. We're game back. Okay. There's time. Let's let's go with our locks, man. Uh, I've got five that I like. Five? Yeah. Whoa. So if we're doing five, let me just fucking... No, we, we don't need to do five, but I got five that I like, okay. and, I, and I'm probably going to choose only one winner yeah. of the... Steve, kick us off. Are we going one, one, and one, or all three right in a row? We're doing one, one, and one, because I need some... Let's do a okay. carousel. Yeah, it's a carousel. All it's right. like a circle jerk of <laughs> predictions. All right. Yeah. I'm taking the Jets plus... Six and a half. I love that. Dude. I love it too. I love it too. It's they not lose. one of mine. If they don't cover, I'm sending my receipt ticket to Sala. I fucking love that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you want Sala to like you. You don't want him to like just yeah. kick down your door and beat your ass. Okay, uh, I'll go with the one I like the least. Uh, Ravens are gonna roll, right? Nah. Ravens dinged Ooh. up again. Jawan James, Peter, Spuller, Travis Jones, JK, who knows? Is Mike McDaniel a genius? I think this is when Miami fans become their most insufferable. Dolphins potentially go to 2-0, and but at the very least, they cover the 3.5. I got Miami mm, on the road. Please, no. Fucking 2-0. and on. They'll be out of control. Lamar against his future team. Hey, with, with they got Bills, Bengals, Vikings, three of the next four. Miami does, so they might want to get this They one. might want to win this game, yeah. too. That's going to get ugly. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, okay. but it's going to be murderer's row for them. I, I, I just I like that hook. I like that hook, Steve. 
Three and a half. Give I like it to me it all day long. So I've already said this. Uh, you know, I've already said pretty much all these, but I, I like San Francisco. As soon as, uh, you know, Monday night happened, I was like, man, I'm betting whoever the Seahawks play next week. Because all of NFL Twitter was like, oh, Seahawks are pretty good. It's like, a, it's a lot of points, Chris. We don't know. And that's part of why I'm betting the Niners, man. You got to put your nuts on the table here. Okay. So I like the Niners. I think a lot of, a lot of bets are going to be on the, um, Actually, Matt, you can you could let us know, but that where the money is this week, uh, take a take a gander as we finish these locks and let us know. Well, that line moved from ten down to nine, so I guess people bet Seahawks at ten. Yep. So I, I'm on the the Niners, uh, and uh, you're up, Steve. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions. That's yeah, been a I long, long too. time since they've been favored on my list. Uh, I do like the capability of the offense as long as Wentz throws it to his own guys. But I like what I saw from Detroit. I thought it was a tough matchup, and they battled. And uh, we know what Dan Campbell's about. I think I think the Lions win and cover. Final score from Green Bay, Packers 31, Bears 6. Yeah, dude, they're going to cover. We're all in agreement this week. We should all just bet together. You know, there it, uh, there are reasons not to like the Packers, but there are a whole lot more reasons not to like the Bears. Yeah. I just think they blow them out in a in a relaxed game. That's kind of what they do. You yep. know what I mean? This yeah. is yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in agreement. They with have you. to. They can't. I got can't Carolina, help. and I told Make earlier. It's Ooh. because uh, it's because the Giants are going to be a little bit overvalued. They damn near gave that game away. Tennessee really gave the game away. Tennessee just tricked it off. Ton of penalties. Um, and then Great. on top of that, Carolina looked like dog shit the first half uh, offensively, but they were everything they were doing was predicated on getting the ball out. Because they're afraid of Miles yeah. Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, and there's nobody to fear yet in New York. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. Uh, there's two more I like. I'm gonna go with the dog instead. Uh, give me the Falcons plus ten. Great fucking play. <laughs> I I liked what I saw. I, I believe in Arthur Smith as a coach on the offensive scheme. I thought they did some good things. Obviously, they made. Um, you know, New Orleans worked for that win. They should have won the game. But I kind of, like, as this thing gets going and Mariota to get out of trouble with his feet, I, they got some nice pieces. Uh, Drake London looked good. Obviously, Pitts is going to get more and more touches. I, I think Mariota is capable enough to cover 10 on the road against the Rams. The Rams still feel like they have a bunch of things to work out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's guys guys not playing in the, in the preseason, but um, – you know, I expect the Rams to win, but I, I think the Falcons could cover 10. Stafford isn't healthy. This isn't going to get better. Okay, I'm just okay. telling you. And 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 the Falcons, as you said, we talked about it early in, the show, early in the show, the Falcons had every opportunity to win that game and did not get Pitts the ball effectively. Yeah. And he was two catches on like seven targets or whatever it was. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about the Falcons relative to expectation. Is Bryce Perkins the two in L.A.? Wolford's probably still there, too. Um, Wolford had a fun little little moment, right? Playoff Wolford. Yeah, that was like that. two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah a little Heineke-esque. Uh, your, your stupid website, Steve, has Bryce as the third quarterback, Wolford as the two. Yeah. I have a, it's ESPN, by the way, .com, for those listening at home. Uh, though I have the, li- the lines as well, Detroit Lions minus two and a half. I'll, I'll I'll have some fun here. Yeah. Go with a couple of my backups. Yeah. Um. Arizona Cardinals plus five and a half. I like that as well. 
uh, low key, are those the same same two teams, Cardinals and Raiders? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm getting five and a half. All right, I'll 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 take it. Um, um, I also love, but I'm far too scared to do it. Um, the Tennessee Titans plus ten in Buffalo on one of the two Monday night games. Oh, interesting. The, I'm, I'm, the Titans are still solid. They're still solid. They're scrappy, dude. They just can't make uh, they can't make a million the, mistakes. The the one seed, the the one seed from last year, getting ten in week two. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, but things change towards the end of the year. I am HO. And as Steve will tell you, the Bills suck. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> My fault though, guys. Sorry. I hear Reed another thing. You guys can too. Yeah, Chris did it. All right, so um, New Orleans. Okay. I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to take New Orleans. Yeah. So I got New yeah. Orleans. Uh, it's Tampa and New Orleans. It's tail old as time. Uh, last year I lost a fucking mid-sized sedan on um, on on this very matchup, and things have not gotten better in Tampa. Mm. I think Maybe. New Orleans is a little bit more under control this week. Although I do worry about the run game, man. That's the one thing. Tampa's running the fuck out of the ball, and the edge depth in New Orleans didn't look so hot uh, against the Falcons. So, uh, nine different picks. That's fun. Are the Lions down to one and a half? Is that what I'm reading? Is that yes? Uh, well, tell the people what that means, Steve. I just saw two and a half. I mean, I literally know uh, what it means, but what does it yeah. tell you? It tells me people are betting the Commanders, which is dumb. It's just dumb. Carson got away with a few last week, and the Lions are a good football Ooh. team. It's actually down to one. One! As we oh. speak, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Let's, let's. Does it tell you that, like, DeAndre Swift's had an eventful week off the field, or do, do people know things? He didn't practice today, so that might be it. Yeah. I, I thought maybe I, I when we were live. I don't think are it matters. We li- are we live and people could watch and they're betting as we get picks? No, but they know. Oh, okay. They, they, right. You missed your chance if it's, yeah, the Lions are going to be favored tomorrow morning. All right, so um, what matchup do you like this week? And then we got Steve on the road. This is a new thing we're going to do. It's going to be looking ahead to the weekend. It's an individual matchup or a positional oh, yeah. matchup this. that we're excited about. I knew you would, Steve. I got you, uh, bro. First, before I give mine, did you? What do you think of that um, Tryon Shoyinka? I like him. For Tampa, he's active. He's bro, he's athletic. He was everywhere yeah. the other night. Yeah, everywhere. Um, okay, my matchup, my matchup this week, Monday night, Lane Johnson, Daniil Hunter. Mm. I cannot wait for this. Daniil, this game is outside. It's on regular grass. Make sure you wear your long cleats. You're up. Uh, Brandon McManus in the uprights at mile high. I got him going three for three. From distance, hmm. another another three extra points as the Broncos roll, and we're going to put this whole sixty-four yarder in Daniel's decision to rest. You know, he took my unintentionally my lane, and it's going to be a fucking Monday night's going to be big on big, dude. There's going to be some big yeah. on big, Steve. The purple people eaters against the birds, and and the strengths of that team. But I'll give you a couple more, uh, Lael Collins. Um, the, the, the Bengals, you know, they had an atrocious mm. time protecting what's their plan going to be against Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is the only reason that I'm not hammering the Bengals. 
and then also, you know, you got Frank Reich and, and Doug, you know, a little handshake, mm. a little little reunion there. There's a lot of fun matchups this weekend. There's just two I wanted to throw out since uh, my, my Thunder got, got just taken. But you guys, uh, this is a fun this is a fun little segment. It. We mm. should keep this one going. Fire, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Steve, go pick your, uh, your your lovely children up, and um, and and we'll see you next week. Love you, Steve. We love, love you, you guys. Love you, bro. Love you.